0: In our life, we have so many different battles that we fight, right? For me, uh, if I look back on the last uh, decade or more of my life, one battle that I remember fighting the most over the last, you know, 15 years or so was a battle that for a long time we just called bedtime, I got two kids, thank goodness, they're good at bedtime now. But there was a time when it was just like, nobody wanted to go to bed. I saw something the other day that was hilarious. It said, it's not fair that the people who want to be in bed can't go to bed until they force the people who don't want to go to bed to stay in bed. <laughs> That's called parenting, guys, and it's miserable. And so I remember that battle. Battle, 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 battle. There's so many battles in our life, and some of them are funny and like necessary like that. Some of them are a little bit harder to wrestle with, the battle with your schedule, the battle with social stuff, the battle with political stuff, financial battles that we deal with. There's all these battles that we wrestle with. And let's be real for a second. One battle that we all face is our own brokenness and our own baggage and what that means to us and how it shapes us. But the most difficult battle that we face in our life is a battle that happens inside our head every day. The title of this series is Winning the War in Your Mind, and this isn't just about psychology that we're going to get into that some. This is a spiritual battle. I want to give you a resource. There's a book by the same title by a guy named Craig Groeschel. He's a pastor in Oklahoma. He's written lots of books, and the book Winning the War in Your Mind has got lots of great resources. I want to put that in your hands. You You could... uh, I, got, I got mine at the public library um, when I read it last year, or you can buy it on Amazon, whatever. Um, also, if you want to get in a little bit deeper, there's going to be a small group that actually started last week, but starting today, uh, John White is going to be leading a study at the Roastery, which is on 16th Street, 24, 16th Street, every Wednesday at 630. And for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be going through some of the principles of this Winning the War in Your Mind study. Um, but the whole idea is that the author had hit a wall in his life, and he just didn't know, you know, how to move forward. And this is a, a big-time leader. He leads mega churches and big organization stuff. He just hit a wall, and he had to take a step back and understand what was going on in his head. And this book is a cool snapshot of his, a snapshot of his research in psychology and, and other sciences and scripture. And it's, it's shows us this beautiful alignment of science and scripture. God created science, okay, so it makes a lot of sense that his stuff would align. And teaching us this very important fact, this is a summary of the whole idea for the next few weeks, that how we think impacts how we live. How we think impacts how we live. Over the next few weeks, I want to see how God's word and the power of his Holy Spirit in our life will help us win the war in our mind. And so I want to go and jump in. If you've got a Bible this morning, we love to get into the Bible every single week. We're going to be in two big places this week. The first one is in Romans chapter 7. If you want to go and flip over there. We'll also be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I think. I'll tell you when we get there. Uh, Romans chapter 7. If you need a Bible, we've got uh, a little rack over here at the door that's got free Bibles. You can have it. If you need a Bible to keep, take it home with you. Put your name in the front. It's yours. Everybody needs a good Bible. Or if you just need to borrow one, you can. Feel free to look it up on your phone. I'll have it on the screen behind me. But in Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul goes into this big like monologue. It's It's like a soliloquy that he goes off on. And I think that you're going to find it oddly comforting that he says some things that you've probably thought before. And so let's just let him rant for a minute. This is Romans 7, verse 15, to get us started this morning. (laughs) Paul says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living inside of me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do this. I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's the sin living inside of me that does it. So, I find this law at work in me. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law at sin, at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If that is not a war in someone's mind, I do not know what is. Uh, I I find some strange comfort in this passage that it is simultaneously one of the most confusing passages in Scripture. He's just talking in circles. And also I'm like, dude, I totally get you. (laughs) I totally understand what you're going through right now. Because I want to honor God, and then like I lose focus, and then I don't honor God, (laughs) shoot and it's a cycle that completes but thanks be to god who delivers me through jesus christ our lord Paul was a champion mental warrior. A lot of the places when he writes, he writes the majority of the New Testament. I want to tell you a little bit about Paul. He was a guy who was persecuting Christians. He was basically a religious, religious terrorist. Uh, he has this encounter with the resurrected Jesus, is convinced that this guy really did raise from the dead and is going to teach him some things. He goes off and learns a lot from Jesus and he becomes the number one missionary in the early church. He writes the majority of the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul. He's had a major transformation in his life. But you can imagine some of the battles he goes on in his head because of his past and the things that he had dealt with and who knows what else. And he applies this kind of mental process to so much of the spiritual things he teaches because let's be honest, there's really not much difference. What I think determines who I am. A lot of philosophers had tried to say that. And so what I want to do is I want to flip over this week to a second place. This is going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to start at verse 3. Because what do you do with that? Okay, yeah, there's a war inside my head. Cool. Paul gives us some really good advice in in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to also just tap on a couple of other things that he teaches. Um, And let's just see what he has to say. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 3. He says, For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. And that makes sense. I mean, a battle for your mind is a spiritual battle. So it can't be fought with the forces that you would fight a physical battle with. You can't do it with enough muscle. You can't do it with enough swords and guns and cannons and you know, laser beams. I don't care what you have. You can't fight spiritual war with physical stuff. You gotta get spiritual stuff involved. So in verse four, you keep reading. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary... They have divine power to demolish strongholds. There's two phrases in there that I want to kind of hark on for just a minute because they're strong. They're really strong. As I dived into them some this week, I really liked what they had to say. The first one is this We have divine power. Now, don't get too full of yourself. We're not saying you're a superhero. You are not a God, okay? Some faith might teach that. That's not what this teaches. But we have divine power. The Greek that originally came from, this could also be translated this way that we have God power. That word divine is just the word uh, that is God. Or it could also be like God ability. That word power is just the ability to do something. So we have God's ability. We have his power behind us. We have his strength supporting us. So in this war for your mind, it's really important to know this. You are not alone. When you lay in bed at night and your mind is spinning or you're sitting at work trying to make a hard decision or you've done something boneheaded and you're trying to figure out how do I move on from here? You need to understand you're not alone in this. We have divine power, God's presence in our life. And, and Paul talks about what these things are in several places. Uh, if you're taking some notes this morning, one place you might look is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I'll just read you a couple of them. We call this the fruit of the Spirit. But this is God's presence in our life. This is some of that divine power. It says the fruit of God's Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's some of the divine power we have. These are not things that come of the world. These are things that come from the character and the nature of God. And they can correct the things in this world that are broken. Another place that Paul talks about is in Ephesians chapter 6. He uses some of this more military language in Ephesians 6. Uh, He calls it the the, uh, armor of God. I'm going to paraphrase some of it, but in in Ephesians 6, starting at verse 14, it says, Stand firm then with, and he uses this metaphor of armor, but each piece of armor has like this uh, kind of qualifiable uh, character trait or something that you can do. So he says, With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness is a character trait in the power and the divine nature of God, Uh, with feet fitted with the gospel of peace. God's good news that brings peace. In verse 16, it says that our shield is our faith. And it says it extinguishes the arrows, the flaming arrows of the evil one. So your faith is something you can hide behind. And someone who's like anti-faith would say, don't hide behind your faith. And I would say, "Uh, we all have faith that we hide behind. There's no such thing as someone who lives without faith. Even the smartest people in the world don't know everything. And faith is the thing that bridges the gap between what I know and what I don't know. So we all have faith, and it's our faith that gets us through the stuff that we don't understand. He calls it our shield. And then he says, Our helmet is our salvation. And he says, Our sword, the only offensive weapon in our arsenal, is the sword of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God in our life and also uh, the Word of God. And so, like, that's some battle language, isn't it? We have divine power. To do what? That's the first phrase. To demolish strongholds. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. This is more military language. A stronghold is, you know, it's a fort. It's a fortification. It's a, it's a castle. It's a bunker. It's, a, well, if you ever play Capture the Flag, it's like, you know, behind your mom's Jeep. Like, it's the place you go because that's a safe zone or whatever it is. Like, it's, it's the safe place where you strategize. It's also the place where when you get prisoners of war, you hold them there. It's a prison. It's both. It can be. And so there's these strongholds, they're important in any war, but in this spiritual war, there are some spiritual strongholds that exist in this world, and you could name some physical ones, I and mean, you could talk about, I don't know, Las Vegas, or a strip club, or pornographic websites, or, you know, places There's like, oh, that's evil, and that's a stronghold of evil, but do you want to know where the, the most common stronghold for evil is in the world? Between your two ears, in your head. Which is a genius strategy for the forces of evil that we read about in the Bible. Because, you know, the United States government, we do something strategic. We have bases all over the world in strategic locations. We want to hold this place and this island and this place. Because, and then we go even farther. We have, you know, uh, aircraft carriers and, and submarines. We want to be able to deploy troops and uh, respond to things as quickly as possible. And that is a wise strategy in war. But the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, they don't even need a battleship or an aircraft carrier. Because all they need to do is plant a thought between your ears, and it will hold you captive for the rest of your life if you believe it. Strongholds, have you been there? You got a friend who's just more successful than you are. Man, why is she so pretty, too? <laughs> she could just also be ugly, that would be helpful. And her kids are so well-behaved, and their spouse is wonderful, and they live in a great neighborhood. And you get a whisper in your ear, You're a failure. And that's all you need to hear. It's the first brick laid in the stronghold that's getting built in your mind. And it shapes how you see yourself and it shapes how you act. It's a stronghold. Maybe you have a problem with an addiction. People have tried to talk to you about it. You can kind of see it. But you're not stupid. Come on. And you get this little whisper in your ear. You're fine. Some people are way worse than you are. You could quit anytime you want to. Brick on top of brick on top of brick, these little thoughts in our mind begin to hold us captive. It's a spiritual battle. Maybe you struggle with deeper questions about God and faith. And so the things that are whispered in your ear are, He doesn't care. He doesn't hear you when you pray. He can't help you. Why does he let good things happen? Bad things happen to good people anyway. And listen, I could stand up here and I could preach the best sermon of my life. And tell you how I found my own faith. But it doesn't matter because you can't hear me. Because there's a stronghold in your mind. When that happens, our thoughts shape our actions, don't they? Because if you believe that you're a failure, why would you try to succeed? If you believe that your addiction isn't a problem, why would you try to stop? If you believe that God doesn't care, why should you live for him? It's just mental math. But thanks be to God, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So, what divine weapons uh, can we use in this battle for our mind? Like, how do we do that? If you look at the next verse in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 5, we'll keep going in that same passage. He says, well, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Time out. Let's read that again. That's a mouthful, okay? This is huge. Verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Again, I want to clarify. This sounds pretty aggressive, okay? Sounds like you're trying to get in a fight with somebody. This isn't about going out and picking fights and trying to win stuff. This is about you feeling and hearing the thoughts that come into our mind from our world and saying, we got to demolish those arguments and those thoughts, okay? Now, there might be someone out there who's speaking against our God. There might be someone out there who's spreading lies, right? Yeah, we need to approach those things we're also taught in scripture to do that in in truth and with love it's it's a it's a balancing act but i want to understand this is what this is about you right now okay this isn't about fighting someone else right now this is about you we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought And we make it obedient to Christ. There are arguments that float in and out of our minds every single day. And they begin to shape how we think. And we just pump it in. One of the things that comes to my mind immediately is like popular music. And I don't care what genre you're talking about. Anything from, you know, rap or hardcore or uh, rock and roll or country, R&B. It doesn't matter. Genre, okay? This is not culturally specific, One of the most predominant messages through art and particularly through music for the last decades and decades and decades is basically this, uh, party, get drunk, sleep around, because that's what life is for. And as long as it makes you happy, you should do it. Try me on that, that and then like sappy love songs. That's probably like close second. Um, But that's like the general message of so much stuff that we pump into our heads. Paul says, take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. In other words, don't live that way. Live the Jesus way. Or think about business and economy. A lot of you own your own businesses or you work really hard. And the message of the world is like, listen, if you really want to take care of your family, this is what you do. You need to have the biggest house and you need to have the nicest stuff and you need to get them in a really good school and you need to make sure they wear the nicest clothes because after all, you want them to have it better than you had it. But scripture says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you find yourself a workaholic who doesn't have time for that family that you're spending so much time working for and they got a lot of stuff, but they don't have a lot of character. I'm not judging you. I'm just asking us all. What should we do? We should take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. How can I use my skills and my uh, occupation and my finances to be generous and serve the kingdom of God and not build my own little castle? That's what Scripture teaches. But think about your sin. Like the, the things that you do that you know you shouldn't be doing <laughs> or the things that you don't do that you know you should be doing, the things that pull us away from God. Those thoughts that come into your mind that lead you away from God, it's the bald-faced lies you tell at work because eh, everybody does that a little bit. It's the way you speak to people because you're just an impatient jerk. And it's like, oh, I just, that's how I am. It's my personality. I took the personality test. It says jerk. <laughs> Can't help it. Or you get on Facebook just to get in arguments with people because dang, I sure am right on here who cares? Or you get on the internet and you look at pornography and other trash that just comes into your mind and is destroying our culture. Or maybe it's not as evil as all that. Maybe it's just, maybe it's actually way less evil. Maybe it's just really passive. I mean, and I want to be sensitive here. Maybe you really struggle with some mental health stuff. And maybe it's anxiety that you're wrestling with or you beat yourself up over, you know, how you look or how much you weigh or something. You, you have some stuff going on. And I just want to take a second to say that's a, that's a there's some legitimate things going on in, in mental health, whether it's from something traumatic in your past or something chemical going on inside of you or not going on inside of you. So some of that requires getting some help outside of just how you think. But what Paul says, we need to take those thoughts captive and we need to make them obedient to Christ. That's the only way to do what? demolish the strongholds otherwise you're a prisoner i fought the war in my mind for many years now many many years uh, the battles i fought in my 20s were not the battles i fought in my 30s and guess what the battles i'm fighting in my 40s are totally different too because the enemy is clever okay if you want to win a battle and you're just attacking this front and that seems pretty well fortified what are you going to do go to the back door Okay, so they're not going to give up. They're not going to give up because you like fortified one little area of your mind. This is a daily discipline. This is getting this thing every single day. And let's make sure that I understand what God has to say. Jesus says this after all in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. That's the enemy's role. But fear not. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. And have it to the full. There is hope in this. There is a way out. Millions of people have found it. Maybe you're one of the people who has found it, and you know these strongholds can be torn down, and then God can step in with his divine power, and he can help us tear down those strongholds. I gotta say this you cannot do this without Jesus, okay? Uh, This is not like a, this is, this series, as I got into it, I was like, man, it, it almost feels like just a motivational speech. This is not, this is spiritual training. Because you can't do it without Jesus. Just in the same way we can't fight the battles of uh, spiritual battles with worldly weapons. Uh, you can only come in with the power of Jesus in this. He, he partners with you. He steps in. Sometimes he fights for you. Sometimes he fights with you. Sometimes he lets you flounder a little bit because you need to get stronger. And he's there. Just like when you're helping your kid learn how to swim. You're like, you got it, buddy. You got it. Keep your head above the water. Because then we can get in there and help other people. I mean, there's, there's all the spectrum of that. We can't do it without him. But there's a part we can play. The part we play is take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So in the time we have left, I want to give us a two-step plan, okay? I told you that uh, there's a book by the same title, Winning the War in Your Mind. Uh, Craig Groeschel goes into a lot more details with something he calls a thought audit, and it kind of helps you understand, like, what, how do I think? What kind of thinker am I? Am I a positive thinker or a negative thinker? Like, am I, do I generally worry, or am I generally peaceful? Like, there's a lot of that in there. Uh, I'm only gonna use these two questions, because, and I want to encourage you, if, if you're a note taker, or even if you're not, it's a new year, new you, okay? So maybe you try to be taking a note taker this year. Um, Get something out, get your phone out because there's two questions you have to ask yourself and then there's something you're going to want to do every day this week, okay? So here, here are the two things. The first thing we're going to do, and it's pretty basic, with any problem you're dealing with, you have to do this. Um, the first question is, we need to identify the biggest stronghold holding you captive. You need to identify it. You, you, can't, uh, you can't fight what you can't name is what has been said. You know, identify the stronghold holding you captive, the biggest one. The biggest one, what is it? Let me help you think a little bit. Is it a sin thing? Like That might be the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Because we're all we're kind of guilt-driven people. I mean, God is a God of grace, and we try to be a church full of grace. But we're guilt's pretty motivating, okay? And I think God lets that happen. Um, is it a sin thing? It's an immoral thing? It's thoughts and habits and actions that just control your mind? You know what it is. You're trapped in it. What is it? So maybe write that thing down. This is the thing that you're struggling with. Or maybe for you it's a relationship thing specifically I want to speak to this group of people maybe for you it's a lack of relationship thing you just feel so alone we are somehow the busiest society in history and also I've read a lot of stuff saying that we're some of the loneliest people ever and especially since the pandemic it, it, it spiked at that point and so maybe there's just these whispers in your head you'll never find anybody you'll never you'll always be alone and what is, is that it or something else relational, maybe it's a trusting God thing for you. You're constantly questioning your faith. You don't know where to turn. It's a faith thing. Maybe for you it's a physical ailment. You're dealing with something physically. You've got a, a disease or a sickness or, you know, there's something over the horizon. There's a test coming up, like a, like a medical test coming up, and you're uncertain about how that's going to work out. Like, and it's just, right now it's a stronghold. The evil ones whisper in your ear like, yeah, see, told you, told you. We're all going to hell in a handbasket and you're just on for the ride. Like, that's, th- this is the thoughts we get. We're just negative all the time. Maybe for you, it's, it's mental health. I talked about that. Maybe something that you need to address is the fact that maybe you do need to get some of your blood levels checked or maybe you need to deal with some of the trauma in your past, but maybe that's just there. It's just there. And and the enemy will use that. If you think they won't use a weakness in your life to get at you, you're wrong. They're going to come at the weak points in your life. And so just being aware You cannot fight what you cannot name. And so it's really important that we write these things down, that we say them out loud, that you share them with a friend, with your spouse. Hey, in church today we were talking about the thing, and I just want to tell somebody, this is the thing for me. This is the number one thing. Now, you might think of five, and that's okay. You can write them all down. But you got to deal with at least one, right? So start with one. Identify the biggest stronghold holding you captive. And the second step is this. It's pretty intuitive, okay, but we don't do it. The second step is this. Now, name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Because let me tell you something. The thing that you're believing that is a stronghold from the evil one is a lie. Jesus says that the devil's native language is lies. He calls him the father of lies and But lies will make you do crazy stuff. Man, when I was in high school, I had this friend. I want to protect the innocent here. Okay, so I'm going to call him, uh, what are we going to call him? Doug. Okay, so Doug... Doug, I mean, he wasn't the sharpest pencil in the box. I'm not trying to be mean, but he just kind of, you know, he got himself in a lot of trouble. And he had a crush on an older girl, and, and she was cute, but she was not interested in him. She was not interested in Doug. And so he also had this cute little mustache, okay? And, and guys, you know, your first mustache isn't your best look, okay? You got you to gotta try a few times, and then it comes in thicker. So he got this mustache, and some of the older guys are like, Hey, Doug, you know, I heard that uh, the girl, you know, she, she said she doesn't like you, but really it's, it's the mustache, yeah, she said that if you would shave the mustache off and meet her behind the school tomorrow, she'll kiss you. This is how you know Doug's, you know, elevator didn't go to the top floor because he, the next day, homeboy comes to school, had shaved off his mustache. And I need to repent about how much I laughed at that poor kid because it was rough and he was so hopeful. <laughs> and i tell you what, he waited behind the school for a long time Lies will make you do crazy things. And when these lies get planted in our heads, we will begin to believe things and act in ways that aren't true. So we have to name the truth that will demolish our stronghold. I spent about uh, a year, a whole year in counseling. It was about 12 years ago now, but I was just working on a lot of baggage and mess in my life. And my counselor was really good. He taught me a lot of things. But probably the most important thing he taught, I recommend it, by the way. If you've never spent time in counseling, uh, join the club. It's a good club. There's t-shirts, there's a secret meeting. It's really cool. Um, But uh, one of the most important tools he gave me was this sentence. He said, Chris, you need to ask yourself, what lie am I believing right now? Like whatever you're dealing with, you need to ask yourself that question. What lie am I believing right now? Because lies make us do crazy things and we will become out of character to ourselves if we start to believe these lies. The enemy says, you're not good enough. You're a failure. Name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Jesus says, you are totally enough. I came to this earth and I laid down my life for you. The enemy says, get rich, sow your wild oats while you can. Jesus said, no, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. Maybe the lie you believe is that your sin isn't a very big deal. You need to speak truth on top of that. The book of Hebrews says that we should throw off the sin that easily entangles us. And we should run with perseverance the race that was marked out for us. There's a lot that's been said that sin is not our best look and that it's not God's best for us and that it will separate us and does separate us from the presence of God. So believe that lie. Maybe you believe this common lie and you can put your version on it, but it's basically this lie. You're ugly. You're fat. You're stupid. Look, you might not be Harry Styles, okay? Let's be honest. You're probably not going to win a beauty contest, but guess what? You were made in the image of God. Scripture says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we all have something to contribute to this world more than a superficial what you look like or how much you weigh or what talents you might have or not have. Name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Maybe you believe you'll always be alone. Mm -mm. Our Lord says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will fill you with my presence. My Holy Spirit will be with you. See how it works? If we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ, it begins to affect how we live our life. A few verses before Jesus called the devil the father of lies and said his native language was lies, he says this. He says, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Each week, we try to wrap up our teaching with a uh, a challenge. And this is the thing. We've done it for over a year now. I don't know if you realize that. But the whole idea with this challenge is like, I'm not just here to talk. Like, there's, like, better preachers on YouTube if you just want to listen to somebody talk. We're a community that's trying to grow here, personally. We're each trying to grow. Yeah, we want more people to know Jesus and we want to do things in this city, but, like, we want our walk with God to grow. So this year, this is the first Sunday of our year where we're doing this again. I want to encourage you, like, maybe uh, make a habit of writing down the challenge each week. We'll have them almost every single week. Sometimes we might not. But you write them down, and then you can go back and see, like, did I do that challenge, or can I return to that challenge? And so maybe this is the first one that you can write down. And it's good, because we already did it. (laughs) We already practiced it. Here's the challenge this week. Each day this week, identify one stronghold that tried to trap you and speak God's truth into that lie. What does that look like? Maybe you get up in the morning, you have a moment of, you know, meditation or something. Hopefully, you do something like that. And so maybe you need to reflect on the previous day. Like, what, what was it yesterday? What was the big thing that really threw me for a loop, that threw a wrench in my day, that made me doubt God, that made me act out of character, that made me, you know, be sinful, whatever it is. Write that thing down. It was the TV show that I watched. It was that guy that I work with. <laughs> it was, and what's the thought that, you know, what is it? What led to that? And then what I want to encourage you to do is name a truth that demolishes that stronghold. Now, this might be difficult, especially if you don't know a lot of the Bible. It's okay if you don't know a lot of the Bible. We're all on a journey. We're figuring it out. Uh, you can Google it. What, is, what does the Bible say about Mean people at work <laughs> well, You might find something on there An even better way though is to get into community with someone else Let them know, someone that's in here right now Hey, I'm doing that thing we are talking about I just found a stronghold in my life And um, I was wondering if uh, you could help me name a scripture that would, that would demolish that stronghold I need to know some truth of God I'm not looking, We're not looking for just like Feel good mumbo jumbo that everyone says Just Oh, well if it makes you feel good, do it Like that. Find it in scripture, that'll be a good standard um, And demolish the stronghold By laying truth on top of it And then write it down Write it down. So you write down two things. What was the stronghold? What was the truth? Now, the reason we want to do this every day is because I believe that different days present different strongholds. Some days you work longer than others. You're more tired than others. Some days you're with different people. Some days, whatever happens, you got a phone call you weren't expecting. And so throughout a week, you might find that you have three to five different things, and you're like, wow, okay, there's a cycle of it. You could actually keep this cycle going for a few weeks. If you're really struggling with that war in your mind, you could do this for weeks. And you could be like, I figured out why I'm so ornery all the time. (laughs) I figured out why I can't trust. One truth that I heard recently was this. One thing we struggle with. A lot of us think about money a lot, right? You are like I'm I'm not going to be able to pay a pair of bills. We got cut back the hours at work. This is a good one. That's that's the lie. I was worried about bills this week. And check this out. You want to pour some truth on that? That our God owns everything and he will always take care of you. I can name you a bunch of scriptures for that. I'm not going to take time. But see what I mean? And then suddenly tomorrow you have that same fear and you look back and go, wait, 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 wait. That's the truth. Lies make me do crazy things. I want to live in truth. The truth will set me free. Each day this week, identify one stronghold that tried to trap you and then speak God's truth into it. Guys, this is just week one of winning the war in your mind. We're going to get into it several more weeks. I'm looking forward to it. But I want to encourage you to make this like a, a battle cry for 2023 make it something that you're going to live on not just because you want to have a healthy mind because that's really important but more importantly because our relationship with our God and one another has got to be first in our life and there's a battle going on for your mind and Jesus has paid the price to help you win it we fight a lot of battles but the most difficult battles we face are the ones in our minds but thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord let's pray today